You're listening to Car Seat Questions, a podcast for parents of curious kids. I'm Lauren. And I'm Eddie. And if you're anything like us, you either have a kid or you care for a kid with questions. Questions about all sorts of things. So for the next half hour, hop into the passenger seat, buckle your belt, and become childlike with us as the Lord takes us where he wants us to go. Enjoy the show. Thank you so much for being with us today. Can you um, share a little bit about who you are, um, how you're connected to Moody, and maybe even a little bit about um, your book? Yeah, well, it's great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. I have written a few books with Moody. So my first book was Growing Up Social, and that was co-authored with Dr. Gary Chapman about kind of the infiltration of screens into our world and how we can raise relational kids who can still say, please, thank you, looking you in the eye, things like that. And so a lot has happened since that book came out. So we mm-hmm. revised that. And now that book is called Screen Kids. And we also added a book to help grandparents and that's Grandparenting Screen Kids. And mm-hmm. my other books with Moody are Parents Rising and Calm, Cool and Connected, Five Digital Habits for a More Balanced Life. Like, okay, we are, maybe it's us, maybe it's us mom and dad. We're the <laughs> ones who need the help with the yeah. technology. So uh, that has really been a joy and a fun thing to do. It's kept me very accountable to my family and my children. So my husband, James, and I have three kids and it's crazy. So I know many of you you listeners might be thinking, we are going to be in car seats forever, but it's not true. So my oldest is a freshman in college. We go boy, girl, girl. And then I've got a daughter who's a junior and a daughter in eighth grade. And we live in San Diego. Cool. Can you maybe share with us a little bit about, just to start this conversation, we're going to be talking about screens and how screens affect our kids, but also they're kind of inevitable. So like, how do we yeah. you know, live with them? Can you share with us a little bit about what you learned in any of your books? Totally. If you don't give this some thought and, mm-hmm. and have a plan, it will get planned out for you. Yeah. So if you just kind of are like, this is how it is, this is, you know, everyone's doing this. We'll just kind of answer the questions as they come. I'm afraid you're going to find yourself in a place that you wish you were not. So Mm. you really do have to be intentional and you don't have to be afraid in the sense of like, oh, don't touch that. You know, it's shiny, it's metal, don't touch that. So that's not what we're trying to instill in our kids, but we are trying to instill wisdom in how to use technology. And then we've got to have our eyes wide open to understand this is not the technology of 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. This is very highly addictive technology that you don't, we don't even really have to prove this because you know, if you've got a child Mm -hmm. and they're holding their tablet and you try to take it away from them, you know, the battle that's going to ensue. And so we need to understand that, be wiser about that. And I think it's super important if you will delay certain things, you will have such a different child, like, and, but you're going to have to be countercultural. So for us, it was just key decisions of when are we going to give that first smartphone? When are they going to get a personal tablet? When are they, you know, going to start on social media and really thinking that through and then doing it with our kids. And I can really attest to you that 
yeah, you're not normal. Like you're going to be weird compared to other people, let's say, if you do this thoughtfully, but you're going to be so much happier. <laughs> it's going to work out so much better for you. So I really am wanting to come alongside of you and say, you know what, if you will delay that device and part of it, let's say from, you know, birth to five. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are we trying to teach our kids when they need to be soothed, when they're bored, when they're, you know, at a restaurant, you're trying to calm them down or you're changing a diaper and trying to keep them calm. You know, I heard a mom say, how did you ever do this before the phone? Mm -hmm. You know, like change a diaper. But what you're trying to do is teach your child other ways to soothe themselves because what they're learning is, oh, I'm in a restaurant and they handed me a tablet. Oh, I'm getting changed and they handed me a tablet. Oh, I'm in the grocery store and they handed me a tablet. What the child is then learning is, oh, this is how I soothe myself. This is how I connect is this tablet will get me through this dentist appointment or whatever it is, right? But really those lessons we want our kids to learn is, oh, my mom will get me through this appointment or my dad will get me through this appointment or my mom will talk to me while I'm getting my diaper changed and make goo goo gaga sounds. And that's how I get through this. And so there really is just this fundamental, huge thing that happens where our kids are then depending on devices way too early when they should be developing interpersonal Mm. skills. And that's a lot what a screen kid will teach you. It'll teach you what's happening in the brain. It'll teach you what important emotional connections need to happen first. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we've noticed that even just ourselves. Um, our son's two and a half. Yeah. And he was born during COVID and we were both full-time working yes. parents from home. <laughs> and so we found ourselves relying a lot on screens. Yeah. I think we had we had boundaries in place of like what we would and wouldn't watch and learned along the way what we would and wouldn't watch. Mm-hmm. But even even then, it's like he's yeah, it's like it's an addictive thing. Yeah. Or even um, I think grandparents, bless them. I think they love to give screens because it bring it brings joy to kids, and they want to be a part of that joy. But we've also seen in our son, it's like oh, if you're gonna go be with grandma and grandpa, he's like oh TV. And that's like not what you want to correlate with being with grandma and grandpa. Yeah. You want to correlate the relationship and the love and the connection you have with them. Like chocolate not- chip cookies? You know, exactly. <laughs> Even if they're store-bought, you stick them in the oven. It's like yes. chocolate chip cookies. You yeah. want to, you know, what are the experiences you're having with them? Not, oh, when grandma and grandpa are here, I'm going to get to watch a show. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we've we've seen that a lot in just two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of it goes back to like what you're saying. I think it just like brings them so much joy that they're able to like provide this. Yeah, thing the grandparents, yeah, for him and and like it's it's a good like thought, right? And mm-hmm. like, yeah, like they're especially for my for my parents, they're they're first time yeah. grandparents, and so you know everything is just like oh, try try this, and yes, I just want to give you everything. Uh, but even then, like with that, does have to come like a certain level of boundaries, mm-hmm. right? And I think like we've been a little bit more intentional about that lately because like we've realized, right? Mm-hmm. Like every time like my parents like want to come over and they you just want, like want to right away like watch things. And it's like, no, like let's go and like hang out and they came over to like yeah. spend time with you and play and go show them, you know, this toy that you have that you've been playing with for, you know, three weeks or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they like go and have a blast. 
Yeah. You know, and that's so good, like to encourage parents and grandparents, to, like, you know, us as adults to encourage our parents, like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. Like they really want you just to read them a book or, yeah. or just even asking them, you know, I don't have time to do this. Could you read them a book for 10 minutes? You know, and I think grandparents, if they are given something specific, they will do it. And they really do. That is why the, the why behind it is like, oh, I want to give you what you want. Like you're mm-hmm. my grandchild yeah. and I want to give you what, what you want. Yeah. And, and it is something really to, to, show grandparents, okay, see that, you know, whatever, you know, fourth grader that, that can't let go of the tablet. That's what we're trying to avoid. So if you could give different kinds of gifts, that would be really, really helpful and, and just redirecting those gifts. Yeah. I think on, um, so I'm a producer on mornings with Brian with Moody Radio Cleveland, and we've been talking a lot lately about, um, the epidemic of teen girls. There's a bunch of studies coming out that teen girls are highly depressed um, and in large part due to social media. But there's also studies that are showing if they're not on social media, they could also be depressed because in this day and age, that's like where a teen's community is. A teen's community is on Snapchat or on TikTok. And so how would you go about like having both. Like I want, I would want my child to have their community. I don't want them to feel left out. I want them to feel like they're connected, but also there is so much harm in social media. How do we, how can we have both? How can we have community? I'm going to push back on on that a little bit, that social media has an element of it. It's that is different than just other things online there. It is a different kind of medium that Mm -hmm. it's harder to use responsibly because the whole Mm -hmm. thing is kind of set up on people comparing themselves Mm -hmm. and kind of, it's just kind of set up in a certain way that yes, it can be used, but most likely for girls, it's not being really used in a great positive way. So there's a new study from the university of North Carolina that just came out and they were talking about, and I was listening to Dr. Leonard Sachs, a pediatrician talk about it. So he said it much better. So I'll do my best with this. But the idea is, you know, with a sixth or seventh grader, right, they're having this great brain growth, right? Mm -hmm. So when, you you know, for, it's going to happen for trade too, you know, so this wonderful brain brain growth where they, right now they're, it's really strong in their amygdala. It's kind of like that primitive brain of, you know, fear and anxiety, but now it's going to grow into their prefrontal cortex where they're going to be able to have emotional regulation and they're going to have self-control. And in those three years of, of like sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, usually they see this really lovely pattern in the brain of the amygdala um, losing a little power. And then that prefrontal cortex really coming into bear and here it comes. So when they look at kids that don't use social media or not very much, they see that regular growth in the prefrontal cortex. But when they looked at kids who are on social media and they said just checking like 20 times a day, which is really not that much if you have a tween or a teen, that that's not that often. So 20 times a day, what they found was that was not happening. That prefrontal Mm -hmm. growth was not happening. And instead it was all centering on the amygdala because they're being strengthened with that fear, anxiety, like it Mm -hmm. wasn't growing. And so to understand that, wait a minute, when I put these tools in my child's hand, maybe they're benign right now, and maybe it's really sweet and cute, but it just prepares them then as a fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grader to really see this is my world. I need to be in this world. This is where I belong. It just sets 
sets them up for that. And then mm. you have to think like, what is that doing to the brain? So I really think for us parents, as grandparents, we've got to get kind of bullish on the brain and saying, mm. I want my child to have a fully functioning brain. Mm. And if that means that they're not, they're going to get left out, they're going to get left out of something. Yeah. So they can either get left out of, okay, yeah, my child's not on Snapchat right now, but think about it. You know, I always love to tell the parent, you do it from good intentions. Like I want my child to have friends. I don't want my child to be made fun of. I want my child to be there, like to be invited. But honestly, when you give your child Instagram, Snapchat, whatever it is you're going to give them in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, whenever you're going to do that, 10th grade, 11th grade, does that automatically magically make them so happy and like yeah. so loved and they so belong and they're mm -hmm. so glad that they belong. I mean, it really, truly, if we're honest, it does the opposite that all mm -hmm. of a sudden now it opens up this whole world of like, oh my word, I thought I was good looking, but now I see mm -hmm. like a gazillion people who are better looking than me. Yeah. So I better wake up at five o'clock in the morning and start crimping my hair. Like I heard a girl <laughs> say, you know, so it's like, is it really doing what we think it does? Is it, is that trade of, okay, yeah, they're not left out because they have the same app as a, their friend. Is that trade of drama and pain and constantly measuring themselves? Is that pain worth it? Because really, if the social media is used as a way to schedule like, hey, let's meet on Friday, guys. Okay, great. And it's just used as a tool. So you can spend face-to-face -face time together and you're just checking in like, hey, practices at five. Oh, look at this super funny picture from the birthday party. And you're just checking in and it's out. That's one thing. But a lot of adults and kids are using it two and a half hours a day. Yeah. And that is not doing just a little check-in. No. That's instead of being face-to-face. Yes. You are now just looking at this hardware and that's why kids are so sick. So my daughters, we go to public school in San Diego and my junior in high school and my eighth grader, they don't have any social media. And I just asked my daughter this actually literally yesterday because I asked her, you know, because I kind of know the answer, but I want to know. And I was like, you know, do you feel left out? And she's like, mom, you know, my, she hangs out with three girls at school, you know, at lunch. And she'll say like, yeah, my, those three girls, they use social media like after school to like post things to each other and talk to each other. But honestly, like they never make me feel like, oh, you missed it. Like you're not our friend anymore. You know, she's yeah. like, they're my friend. Like these are my mm -hmm. friends and we can talk about whatever they posted and they'll tell me like, oh, look at this and whatever. Yeah. And she says she has the opposite response. She mm -hmm. says she's never met anyone that's like, oh, you don't have social media. I can't be your friend. She says she honestly, public school, San Diego, like she yeah. says, I don't meet people like that, mom. They're just like, whatever. Like, and they're just, they'll either be your friend or they won't, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that that was the make or break point. And then she'll say that a lot of times more so people will say like, good, good on you, you know, mm -hmm. that you don't have it. Like she gets, she feels like a sense of respect almost. Yeah. So I think if kids are confident and they have friends in real life. So if the person is a loner, right? And there's mm -hmm. no friends and this is the only way to make friends, you know, no wonder, but that's why as parents, we've got to help them have like a friend from a sport and a friend at youth group and maybe a family friend from when mm -hmm. they were little kids and we make special efforts so they can see each other face to face because they really click, you know, whatever yeah. it is that we're doing things. So our girls especially have friends in real life because this social media thing is not, is not doing it for mm -hmm. them. Yeah. And it's so hard as parents to like, the answer is not just monitor what your kids are watching because you can't on Snapchat yes. and you can't yeah. on TikTok. You have no idea. It goes away. You don't know what they're watching. And so, yeah, the answer is not to monitor it. So I think it's so interesting how far 
social media has come yeah. like when we've grown up because like when you had a MySpace, right? You were cool. Shout out to MySpace. Yeah. You had yeah. to like get on a computer <laughs> yeah. to do it, right? It was yeah, like, <laughs> or like instant just, messenger. Right. Yeah. So you had to like take the time to go on a computer, which was probably mostly like in a public space, like in yeah. your house. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but now, you know, of course that's not what it's like. Yeah. But it's just, it's just like, it's just different, right? How like, yeah. especially like the different generations now mm-hmm. think about, especially the younger generations now, how they view and think about social media. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've even seen some Gen Z that are like, you know, high schoolers, maybe going into college. They've even decided to take a step back of social media because I think they see the effects that it's done yeah. to them. And they're they're making their own decision like, oh, I'm just going to like put my phone away. Yeah. Or I'm not going to be on my phone or I'm not going to be a, like, I'm not going to have an Instagram or whatever. Yeah. So I think they see it themselves, like the effects that it's having. And that's kind of good news for parents, you know, yeah. to kind of see that. And yeah. and really, I think, exp- and having your kids do other activities that are off the phone, that really helps because then yeah. they realize, oh, I'd rather not do the phone because I'd rather, um, you know, paint or I'd rather rollerblade or I'd rather ski or whatever. Like yeah. they have other things that they'd much rather do than just sit there. Mm-hmm. Is there an age that you would recommend for parents for waiting for your kids to get social media or screens. So I guess the two social media and screens. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a hard question because they might be handed a tablet at school in elementary school that's yeah. theirs, or they might be given, a, you know, for us from seventh grade on, they were given a school issued iPad or a Chromebook or something like that. So let's say by screens, a personal device, like that's theirs that you buy them, like a personal phone or a personal tablet. And, you know, statistics will say half of two to four year olds in America have their own tablet or phone. Like that's, crazy mind-blowing just in terms of money, in terms of they're so young. So kids are getting this younger and younger. And I honestly think the the more you can push that off, the better that, you know, so there's not this magic age. I'm not going to tell you, oh, when your child turns 13.8, you know, here's what you give them. And when they turn 14.1, here's what you give them because every child's going to be different. Your 16 year old might not be able to handle what Mm -hmm. your 14 year old can handle. But I will say with all authority, do not give them a smartphone in elementary school. They don't need it. It'll just make them older than they are and get them in trouble. And it'll be just dreadful. And you'll be like, what happened? Where did childhood go? So get them a dumb phone, get them a Gab phone, G-A-B-B, Gab wireless. And that it looks pretty fine, like a normal phone, but it just calls text, GPS, music. That's all. That's all your kid really needs if they're saying to you, oh, we need a phone, you know, to communicate or whatever. Mm -hmm. So do not give your child a smartphone in elementary school. Do not, do not give them social media. Do not give them anything in elementary school through sixth grade. Insist, insist, because mm. why do you want a sixth grader trying to act like an eighth grader and then an eighth grader trying to act like a 12th grader? Like you don't want it. So just for sure lay that down. And then I would really suggest in middle school and high school, you know, we have just opted not to because we have just seen that we felt like the rap sheet on the other side was longer than the sheet on the other mm-hmm. side. But, you know, Bill Gates waited till his kids were 14 to give a phone and he kind of knew something about phones. Mm-hmm. And Steve Jobs did not, when, you know, when he was asked, how do your kids like the iPad when he was telling everyone in America to get an iPad? You know, he's like, oh, I don't let my kids use the iPad. <laughs> so, you know, we should kind of take clues yeah. from these people of like, why did you do that? So, you know, 
And then have the concept like a driver's license. Like you don't just hand kids a keys, mm-hmm. like you know, one lesson and then be like, okay, drive around. In the same way, we wouldn't just drop off a sixth grader at a mall for six hours and be like, hey, use good judgment, buddy. I'll see you in six hours. Yeah. You know, hang around good people, go to good places. You know, we don't, you don't know. And it's the same thing when you hand a device to your child. You don't know if they're going to drive off a cliff. You don't know who they're meeting in the mall. You just don't know. Yeah. And you can't yeah. expect, even if they're a good kid, you can't expect that they have like this amazing self-control to stay away from addictive behaviors. Why would you expect that? You would never like open all this alcohol around them and be like, oh, you just make good choices, buddy. Like it just is kind of mind boggling that we think that they could do that. Adults have a hard time doing it. Why would a child who doesn't have a fully functioning brain developed yet be able to? So I really think the more you can push off them having their own social media, their own tablet, their own phone, you know, wait till high school, let them start with a dumb phone first, let them start with one social media platform and tell them it's a a trial, like not like you have this forever, but Hey, let's try 30 days on Instagram. And, and you and I will chat and we'll talk about who we're following on Instagram together. And we'll Mm -hmm. kind of talk about how it makes us feel and how much time we're using. Is it time well used? Is it wasted? And, and you know what, as a parent, this is the big thing I think of why kids are so in trouble it's because we don't want to change. Mm-hmm. We don't want to admit like, oh man, I waste a lot of time on social mm-hmm. media. We don't want to have that kind of scrutiny on, on us. So we're yeah. like, child of mine, do whatever you want. I'll do whatever I want. And we'll just kind of live happily side by side. So really, if if we can say, hey, I will also use social media responsibly and we'll do it together. And and you can hold me accountable and say, mom, you are looking at Instagram way too much. You need to just put that down and yeah. you need the 30 minute little limit too, mom. <laughs> you know, that those kinds of conversations and and really start it slow and and let your child know when we see that it's hurting you, we're going to pull it back. And that's not going to be popular, but we are, this is not a popularity contest, yeah. right? This is like, I'm your parent and, and I'm the one who's supposed to guide you. And when you're 18 and out of the house, you know, you can look at social media till you're blue in the face, you know, yeah. that's, that's going to be on you. But when you're with me, this is something you're going to have to wait to do. Yeah. I think when you were talking about, um, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, there was yeah. that documentary on social media. I don't remember what it was called on like Netflix a or social something. Dilemma. It's amazing. Yes. It's very good. I think it was the founder of, um, Pinterest or like one yeah. of the creators. Yeah. He was like, yeah, my kids don't have social media. Yeah. And I was like, what? Can you imagine? Right? I'm like, you created this and totally. you just don't have it. Right? It's just like, okay. Yeah, yeah that really put, because they know, they know, they know the behind the scenes of like, yeah, we're collecting your information. Yeah. Yeah, we're collecting your data and we're providing you things in your feed to make you come back, to make you be yeah. addicted to this thing. Yeah. And it's, it's like, so yeah, true. he made that and he's yeah. not letting his kids be on it, which speaks yeah. volumes. And good for him, right? That he's now like, hey, I'm kind of sorry. And I'm saying so. That's pretty amazing. Right. Um, Do you, there's obviously, we've talked about a lot of negative things about screens on social media. Do you think there's any positive things that we can find in social media? Yeah. You know, I think if you're really using it to stay in touch with certain people, like if you used it to stay in touch with the people you actually know in real life, Mm -hmm. and you're really just wanting to look at their baby being born or you want to really look at them on their family vacation or you really want to watch their they just were in a 
game and you want to watch them play. Like, I think that can be very positive. I think what's tricky about it though, is sometimes, you know, how you see something and you feel like you've already talked to that person about it. You know, like I yeah. just looked at my friend's <laughs> yeah, pictures so she's vacationing in Israel. So I feel like, oh yeah, I looked at your pictures. I'm good. Like I know exactly yeah. where you've been. I, know, I, know I knew you were there. I don't need, yeah. but then to realize, no, and when she comes back, like I should have a conversation should to ask really her about say it. like, yeah. hey, how was that? Yeah. So I think it has even, you know, and I'm, I don't mean to be turning into a negative, but we just have to be watchful that mm -hmm. you still need that interaction mm -hmm. together. It's not a replacement. So if it can supplement what you're doing, I think it's really good actually for grandparents when your kids are older and they're already on social media. If the grandparent, you know, was so hip and like was on it and could then call that grandchild and talk yeah. to them mm -hmm. and be like, oh, I saw that you win your game. That's so cool. Like, that's kind of nice for that child mm -hmm. to know like, oh, my grandma follows my feed and yeah. like, knows I just went and won this game. Like, yeah. I think that can be a very positive use of social media. Of course, if you have a purpose, mm -hmm. like let's say you're very like you love Jesus and you want other people to love Jesus. Like, that could be cool for you to be like, I'm going to create little clips of situations of when I pray and how God answered. And I'm going to share those on social media. Like that could be pretty cool. So yeah. I think the purpose is important and you really have to like, it's hard because you start with that purpose, yeah. but then like 15, 20 minutes later, you're just like scrolling through and like watching entertaining, amusing things. And you're yeah. like, Oh, where did all the time go? But I think there, those are some ways you could use it. Well, yeah. Our niece has like a little watch and mm -hmm. she can only call or text numbers that my sister puts in the watch. Yeah. And the texts can are only like like specific things like, hey, or like, love you or like, right. can you chat? And it's yeah, like, call, this, me. call me. Yeah, that was my favorite one. She just texts me, call me. And then she can send like little voice notes or whatever. That's and then you could call her and she's just talking on her That's awesome. watch. Yeah. And my sister's like, I want her to have a relationship with her aunts and her grandparents, like yeah. without me, like I want her to be able to build that, but in like a safe way because we don't yes. live in the same place. So I love that. Yeah. It's very sweet. Call me. I love that. Call me. That was my favorite. <laughs> I love that one. Um, how would you talk to your teens about being safe online once they do get that phone or once they do get on social media? How would you yeah. talk with them about how to stay safe online? Isn't it interesting? Because you have to back all the way up. And if you've got that relationship with your teenager that they know you are for them, mm. they're going to listen to you in a certain way. But if they think like, okay, my parent is just completely against me, <laughs> like yeah. that's a different conversation. So, you know, obviously it kind of depends on where you are, but I think being as honest as possible, showing them statistics, you know, saying, Hey, Wall Street Journal, what do you think about this? A Wall Street Journal person, you know, they pose as a 13 year old on TikTok and they got 569 videos about drug use in a week. You know, what do you, you know, like be real with your kids and don't make, find as many statistics as you can. And we have a lot of stats in screen kids. So it doesn't just sound like mom and dad are crazy. And they're just like, so old fashioned, like show them the statistics, have them talk to a police officer that you might know at your church and have them say like how many, you know, kinds of things. You know, it's funny. We think, oh, if we don't give them a phone, like they're going to get kidnapped and they're going to, you know, it's gonna be so awful. But I, th I'm sure the police hear much more about like, oh, okay, this person met this predator online. And, you know, I'm sure they hear that a whole lot more than, oh, they were kidnapped and they couldn't, they didn't have a phone on them, you know? So be real with your teenager about, Hey, this is, we know you want to use this to get in touch with your friends. We, we get that. We, we understand that. We know that you wanted to kind of know what's happening in culture, but you got to know there are, and it's funny, we kind of 
we talk about, you know, more of the predator stuff and that is real. Yeah. But I think the greater danger is just what is pulling on your heart towards mm. the things of God or the things of the world. That's way more because there might be for every one like godly thing your child is going to be presented. There's going to be 99 things that are anti-God, anti-family, anti-America, anti, you know, that's all going to be about me. So it's going to look nice, make you, you know, you are the center of the universe. That's the idea. So you can talk to your child, like your social media is going to tell you, you are the boss, you are the center of the universe, but, but are you really like, mm -hmm. what have you found? And, you know, depending on if your child knows Christ has a relationship with Christ, you can point out like, no, really our, our life is about Lord. It's, it's your will, not my will. And so social media is going to pull you into exalting, you know, all your wants. Cause that's what it is. It's just, yeah. everything is catered yeah. towards you. Mm -hmm. So I think having these honest conversations asking them like, what's important to you? Like right now in this stage of your life, what's important to you? Let's put on a piece of paper. Okay, great. Okay. Right now, soccer is really important to you. Well, let's make sure you have enough time for practice. You, you know, you want to make good grades because you want to go be able to choose a college. Okay. So you need time for your homework and really help them see that, okay, the social media thing should be part of my life, but not all of my life and give them the buy-in mm -hmm. of what's good for me and like healthy in that way. And, and let me see how that works. So I yeah. think being as like real as possible is, is helpful because your kids will feel that, that like my parents really is trying to help me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We ask this question to all of our um, guests. It's kind of our final two questions is what's one misconception that you've heard about kids and screens? And the other one would be, what is one thing you want every child to know about screens? All right, let's see. These are hard questions. You just ask for one. If we could talk for two hours, that'd be fine. Okay. The one misconception I think that is if I don't give my child a screen, they will be left behind. Mm -hmm. Like they are going to flip burgers all their life because all of life is technology. And that is so not true because if you, they did a study in UCLA where they had 12 users that use technology and they scanned their brain and then they had 12 non-users scan their brains and their brains were different. The ones that use technology, like, you know, are on the internet all the time, they had really quick decision-making skills. They had periphery vision. They could see all the ads on the sides, et cetera. They told the non-users, just go on the internet for five hours and come back to us next week. They went on for five hours. They came back and they're saying, same brain parts, you know, mm -hmm. lit up for periphery vision, you know, they could find the ads now and like quick decision making on what link should I click on. So technology is super easy to learn. You know, you know this because you can hand tray a tablet and he can like know what to do with it. He's not like, yes. what do I do with this? You know, yeah. like technology is super easy to learn, but are the skills of paying attention, reading, showing affection, reigning in your anger, you know, being diligent to work towards a goal. Is that easy to learn? No, that takes time. So really, if you have a child who is very low tech in their life, and then let's say at age 15, 16, 17, 18, their brain is going to be so much more ready to handle mm -hmm. that technology that they will be the boss. So don't be afraid <laughs> that your child will be left behind. My child did not have a smartphone all the way through high school. And he did just fine. He did mm -hmm. just fine. So that would be the misconception. And then I think if, if I were to say one thing for parents, it'd be for parents of young kids, if you can raise your kids differently without the screen, like let's say you just really say, we're going to do things in real life till you're 10 years old. We're going to, we're not going to do video games. 
We're not going to do social media. We're going to watch limited TV. Like you can totally watch TV and movies. That's fine. But you're going to watch, you know, two hours on the weekend. You're not going to watch like eight hours a day kind of thing. Right. But instead you're going to read books and you're going to have pets and you're going to play games and ride bikes. And you're going to figure out what your kid is good at, what your kid likes and really support them in that. If you do that until age 10, you will have a totally different person. Like Mm -hmm. Their brain will develop so differently. Their mindset will be different. Their skill set towards people will be so different. It'll set them up for success their whole life. So that's what mm-hmm. I want everyone to know. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think this was great, um, especially now for yeah. for us, right, with um, having Trey. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. with also Trey being born during the height of yes. the pandemic. Um, it's just good to know that like, it's okay to have boundaries Mm -hmm. and that there's hope, (laughs) um, (laughs) that there's hope that's always encouraging. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and in the long run, like he, not only us, but he's also going to be better for it. Yeah. Um, and that's what we, you know, would, would hope for. And so Arlene, thank you so much, uh, for joining us today and talking to us about screens and social media. And um, with all of our episodes, we like to end with a benediction. So if you would uh, join us in that. To him who is able to do far more than we can understand, may he give us the wisdom to raise our children to first love God above all else and love others as themselves. Mm. Go in peace. Mm. Amen. Thanks. Thanks so much, Eddie. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Arlene. And thank you, listener, for joining us today. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube to watch the episodes. Also, be sure to subscribe and like wherever you get your podcasts so you can listen to episodes every Wednesday. Thanks. Bye.